0: got three people down there. The ball's up in the air. Caught. Touchdown. Caught by Westbrook for a touchdown. I think they like my Colorado swing. Cause when I'm in play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to a. And when i Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and we just heard from—well, it was a funny story. So we were supposed to hear from Nate Landman today uh, for the first time since his injury. We we haven't heard from him since, and uh, he apparently. So so what happens is basically like after practice, everybody walks back to the locker room, and as they walk back. Uh, people, the, the sports information staff, they like grab the people who are due to talk today and hold them to the side. And then they kind of like rotate through and talk to us. Well, Nate Lamb was supposed to be one of those guys today. Apparently when he got, uh, to the sports information staff member, I think it was Alex. He said, uh, where did this go? Uh, he doesn't want to talk about a spring. He didn't participate in. So, We did not hear from Nate Landman, a very Nate Landman thing to do. um, I would say so did not hear from Nate, but we did get a replacement. Another injured player. We got Sam Neuer, the quarterback. So some good stuff from Sam also heard from Mark Smith, the inside linebackers coach. Didn't hear from Nate Landman who he was, you know, that was the kind of like correlation right there. Um, and also from Darian Hagan. Um, so some good stuff today, And that's what we're going to be talking about. Not much else. I do have some thoughts on the Pac-12 commissioner thing, but we have plenty of time for my thoughts over the next couple of months. So uh, we're going to stick to what we learned today. Uh, Tomorrow we'll be talking about, you know, what to watch for, for all of you who are going to the spring game. What at least I'm going to be looking for, you know, starting with uh, Brendan Lewis, but that's not a surprise. Um, yeah. And then Friday, 9am is the spring game. So sometime in the afternoon before the draft picks back up, there'll be another podcast up talking about what we learned in the spring game. So that's the plan for the week. Also turns out that my, uh, current recording setup, which again, I am very, very, very proud of, um, it's just an iPad with a podcast board and an adapter and it works except that apparently it makes the feed mono instead of stereo, which basically means it comes in one track instead of the both tracks. So You either hear me in your right ear or left ear, not the problem anymore, um, but sorry for everybody who had to listen to me and only their right ear a couple days ago. I think that's it for notes. It's got to be. Oh, no, it is not a one really, really, really big note. Colorado picked up a big-time commitment uh, from K.J. Simpson, uh, Kenneth Simpson Jr. So he's a combo guard. Uh, I think he's like a .9663 prospect, something like that, a four-star. And what's so crazy is he comes in as Colorado's number three recruit in the 2021 class uh, behind, I think, let's see, behind Lawson Lovering in front of... Oh, oh, oh it, behind Quincy Allen's the other one in front of Javon Ruffin. Um, so he's number three in Colorado's 2021 recruiting class. He's number six all time in terms of Colorado recruits. That means that Colorado has three of their top six guys coming in this summer. Just crazy to think about. Um, and I think so that also moved him up to number nine in the country. These are per uh, 24-7 sports. And I think right now they're they're up there in the 2022 20, rankings as well. Um, so that's obviously really cool. And we'll get into more of the basketball talk, how all this fits together. Um, again, next week, the week after, the week after that, the week after that. And then what? There's like six more weeks from there until fall camp starts. I guess things will start to pick up. We'll do some previews and stuff. But yeah, we have time to talk about all this basketball stuff. Starting next week. Um, okay, one more cool thing about it, though, is that KJ was originally committed to Arizona. And then when everything happened with Arizona, he decommitted, goes to Colorado. If if there was a way for this recruiting class to get even sweeter, I feel like that was the only possibility. Um, just such great stuff. And uh, one more time, just props to Tab Boyle for doing what I don't think anybody expected him to do number one class in the pac 12 number nine in the country and sure there's still time you know usc lost a commitment last week that dropped him down i'm not sure if colorado would have surpassed them anyway with this commitment um but it does mean that usc probably has at least one more guy coming there's there's still time on the clock there's four months until it's time to get on campus so we'll see where they stand then we'll see where they stand then but as of right now number one in the pack 12 number nine in the country again, even what, two years ago, one year ago, uh, maybe not, but two years ago, this would have sounded absurd. Um, just, just so cool to, to see. Um, so yeah, uh, real quick before we get into football, the Colorado XOs beyond being the presenting sponsor of this podcast are also a rugby team out in Glendale, Colorado. They train at the Rugby Town National Training Center, the home of the USA Eagles men's and women's 15s teams. That's the the long rugby way of saying the U.S. national teams. Um, And the goal for the Colorado XOs is to take athletes who maybe played like football in college, played soccer, whatever, and turn them into rugby players who at least hopefully someday can compete for a spot on the U.S. national team. Um, So far, they're four and one. Things are going well. So definitely tune in to the DMVR Rugby podcast. Check out DMVR Rugby on Twitter. And, of course, read the written content at thedmvr.com. Stay up to date with all this cool stuff that's going on. All right. We can jump in. Um, we heard from Mark Smith first. Mark Smith is the inside linebackers coach. And uh, he was happy. He was, he in general, happy with what he saw this spring. Now he said, you know, he made it clear that the goal before the spring was to see everybody get better. You don't expect everybody to like, you know, make 10 steps at once, but just slow, consistent growth. And he said, that's what we saw a lot of growth, a lot of improvement. Um, He talked a little bit about Quinn Perry, Marvin ham. They are not practicing. They have, I'm not actually sure what it is. Injuries, COVID, something like that. I mean, isn't that crazy now? A year ago, I would have confidently said, yeah, they're hurt. And now it's like, also, maybe they were close to somebody who, you you know. um, But for whatever reason, not practicing. He did say, though, they've been very productive. Um, They've really improved their understanding of the defense. Um, they, they really grabbed the bull by the horns and, and focused on that sort of stuff. And also, he said that this year, the linebackers, the inside linebackers, have been cross training so that they can play both positions, um, both inside linebacker positions. He said that this year, they don't want to see just two or three guys rotating in during a game, they want five or six. Um, so that was like a big scoop. He did go back and say, you know, Quinn Perry, Marvin Ham. They were also very happy with their springs until, you know, they were sidelined. Uh, it sounds like they're both back on the sidelines now, at least paying attention. Um, so there is an update there. Big stuff on that two to three guys versus five to six. Um, in the past, what did we see? Last year, Nate really held down one of the spots. And then basically, Akil and John Van Deest split the other spot. Um, basically, 50-50. Um so this would be a bit of a change. I uh, I do think that, you know, let's skip ahead to later on. Um do, 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 do. Oh, so later on Brian Howell asked about Nate and saying, you know, if if you're rotating guys in, does this is Nate involved in that? Or is he not playing as much? Um is this related to the injury in any way? And so what what Mark had to say was I'd love to give him some plays off. That's the goal. Everyone is better if we can spread the work around. And he said the first time that he talked to Nate, the first conversation that they had after he got the job, he said exactly that. And he said, that's the goal. Um, he also said, Nate wants to play every snap. Is anybody surprised to hear that? No, of course not. Um, that's not how things work though. Uh, so, so that's what's going on there. Um, and he did say, you know, some guys will be required to play more. Um, Nate could absolutely be one of those guys. Um, the game situation dictates some of those sorts of things. Um, and also, you know, he said, we're not just going to put somebody in because we want to play a lot of guys. Uh, We're hopeful that we can do that. Um, but again, if, if there aren't enough guys who are worthy of that playing time, they aren't going to be taking reps away from Nate Landman. Just makes sense. My thoughts on all this though. I think it makes sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, obviously, you want Nate out there as much as you can get him out there, um, and and it's kind of you just got to feel it out, you know. Hopefully, you know, assuming that he is a hundred percent and feels like himself, then yeah, maybe you do get away with running him out there. But again, it's it's the same risk that it always is. You know, the more you use somebody, first of all, there are more snaps for them to be out there and be hurt on. But also there is kind of a a buildup effect um, of playing that much and and the likelihood of injuries go up as you play more snaps. Um, So. Again, I I put Nate out there as much as I can. I put Nate out there as much as I can is my first thought. Um, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta think about his health and that sort of stuff and understand the risk that you are taking. That's the strength of your football team. If, if you're a pac 12 title caliber team, well, you're not that without Nate Landman. And, and if you want to be that, then the only way you're going to be that is by playing Nate Landman as much as you can. Um, and, Again, you got you still be responsible, and if, if you're up three scores, then yeah. Let Quinn Perry, Marvin Ham, whoever's rotating in at that point, get in there instead for a few snaps or a few series or whatever. Um, but, you know, the, the goal is the goal, and there's only one way to get there, and that's by playing the best football you can. Um, outside of that, though, you know, I, I do think that in general, having a big rotation makes a lot of sense with this group. Um, you know, you look to who, who are the core members. I think you say probably John Van Deest and Robert Barnes would be my expectation um, with Robert Barnes kind of coming in in more cover type situations. John Van Deest playing the third and shorts, second in shorts, the I don't know. First and 10 is kind of the big question. Who gets those snaps? Um, let's, let's jump into some more of these guys. Cause, cause there was some interesting stuff. Um, oh, nice. Robert Barnes was up next. So let's dig into that. Mark Smith said he's done a great job. Um, we knew that he would bring footwork and speed and length and power. Um, actually, I just realized I took a bad note here. I said what 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 he really said was we knew that he brought some coverability and then got into you know the the footwork, the speed, the length, and the power. He said though he has more power than he even expected, uh, which is good to hear because you you know Robert Barnes has played mostly safety in college. Um, has kind of projects as like is is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Something in there playing linebacker with the Buffs, obviously, and. As a safety, you expect him to bring cover skills to that position. He should be a plus cover guy if he's even a below-average cover safety. Um, So, it's good to hear that that there's the power from there. He said uh, it's about the comfort level. Um, He's taken more steps forward than anybody, but he started behind because he hadn't played this position, Um, and it was a new system. Uh, He's hungry to learn. He needs to... Know what everybody else is doing, and that's true of pretty much everybody. Um, overall, though, positive remarks on Robert Barnes. Um, the the early reports in camp were you know very, very good. Things have kind of died off just a little bit. Um, yeah, I I think that that's fair to say. Um, does get mentioned when you list like when Carl lists like the guys who really impressed him, gets his name mentioned there. Um, but interesting to kind of see this this arc that we've seen um, with a, a lot of hype beginning of camp maybe fading a little bit late but I do think that when you have a Robert Barnes you have a John Van deest that just makes that second linebacker spot make a lot of sense in my mind um, they they can both play to their strengths cover up each other's weaknesses and then from there you you have more guys you know Marvin Ham, Quinn Perry if 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 it's a 5 to 6 man rot- I mean if it's a 2 to 3 person rotation there's your 3 person rotation you got Nate you got uh Robert you got John if it becomes a a 5 to 6 man rotation like he says he wants like Mark Smith says he wants you look to Quinn Perry you look to Marvin Ham um you you look to Alvin Williams who he was asked about and he said uh so Alvin actually he he played outside linebacker switched to inside linebacker he played inside linebacker in high school, um, so, so he does have some experience there. Uh, Mark Smith said he brought a new sort of knowledge with him because he knew the defense from the edge. Um, there's, there's definitely advantage to that. At the same time, though, because it is a new position, they're working on his eyes a lot, making sure he knows where his, he's looking to find his keys to figure out where he's supposed to go. Um, but in general has progressed very well. He's excited to see him play on Friday. Um, and he wants to challenge Alvin to have a good summer so that he can, you know, kind of crack into that rotation, um, be one of those five to six guys this fall. Um, what else do we have? Uh, Oh, it's some interesting stuff on how the position has kind of changed over time. He said that, um, you still, as an inside linebacker, have to be able to play downhill. You have to be tackle. You have to be able to tackle. You have to be able to hit, all that kind of stuff. The difference is now there are teams that are just going to try to spread you out, and when they do that, you need to be able to cover. Um, at the same time, Mark's approach is to to build on those traditional skills first to make sure that you can be a sound inside linebacker in terms of the run game, and then you start getting into the other stuff. Um, And obviously it's not like we are not doing a cover drill until you're a starting inside linebacker. No, but that is the, the emphasis, which, you know, I think makes a lot of sense. I could see how somebody would say, Hey, it's college football in 2021. You need cover guys out there. Um, He did say, you know, it it changes who you recruit a little bit because you need some, some different tools. Um, But again, he says, build from the ground up, start with that true inside linebacker stuff. Yeah, I think that makes sense. You know, if if you're giving up stuff in the run game, you just cannot play that position. It doesn't work. Um, A couple questions on Nate. So, uh, we talked about the first one, really saying that he's hopeful that he can give him some snaps off. The other question was about, you know, his impact on practice when he isn't really playing. And what Mark said was he's like having another coach on the field. He knows what we're doing. He's somebody who grasps things quickly. He has a great football IQ. Um, He's a student of the game. And on top of that, he's a great leader. And when you have all those things, it's going to make him basically a coach on the field. He's going to be helpful. I said, he's, he's useful. He's very engaged. He's very involved. He's helping guys line up when after plays, he's pulling to the sides, saying what he saw, that kind of stuff. And on, on top of that, you know, they listen to him. They have a lot of respect for Nate. Um, and, you know, Mark kind of talked about how they look up to him. And it's because he's earned that. Not just in the way he plays, but in terms of who he is. Um, being that leader for that room. And obviously not just even for the defense, but for the team overall. Um, And being somebody who has kind of taken on that role and done so well with that role, he's gotten to the point where he guys really do respect him. They really do listen to what he says. And it's not just because he's a good football player, but because of all the things that he provides on top of being the best football player on the team. And then, you know, you think like Jarek, maybe no, I think, I think Nate is the best football player on the team. Yeah. Uh, And I think that that's, just a straight-off Um, From there, I, I guess that was it. I guess that was pretty much it. Um, that was when we heard that Nate doesn't want to talk about a spring he didn't participate in. I, I mean, I would have loved to have talked to Nate, if I'm being honest. Um, but it's that's a Nate move. That's a Nate move. Um, Let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll get into Sam Neuer right after the break. Darian Hagen had some interesting things to say about all sorts of different guys um, from a some really interesting stuff. I thought about Jarek. We'll get into all that stuff later on too. Uh, first though, I want to tell you guys more about DMVR. Um, and right now, if you want to become a member, you get all the things that you always get big beer for the size of, or price of a small beer at the DMVR bar. You get uh, access to our members, only discord access to everything that's behind the paywall, all sorts of stuff, uh, deals, all, all sorts of stuff. Um, but if you sign up right now then you can take advantage of an awesome promotion that we have going on Uh, if you buy an annual membership not only do you get a free shirt from the dmvr locker you also will get a free recover holistic stick from holistic wellness what's that you may be asking well let me tell you all about it holistic wellness is a cbd company uh, they're very, a very good CBD company. They get great reviews. You can go check all that stuff out. Um, and the stick that we send basically has like 10 milligrams of CBD inside it. You you dump the powder out in your drink, you stir it around and then you drink it. And then that's it. it there's no mess. It's super simple. Uh, obviously the recovery one, it's focused on recovery. There's like four others, I think like beauty, digestion, sleep, and, and the fourth and uh yeah it's really cool stuff if you guys want to check that out for yourself you can go to holisticwellness.com. It's it's h-o-l-i-s-t-i-k.com um you can use the code dmvr30 for 30% off or if you want to give it a run with a dmvr membership you'll get a free stick check that out it also comes with a coupon um so a whole bunch of cool stuff there also Strava craft coffee. Uh, We love Strava craft coffee at DMVR. It's basically all we drink because it's on tap at the DMVR bar. And I'm not sure if we're supposed to just take it whenever, but that's basically what happens. Uh, It's really good. It's actually the cold brew that's there. I'm not sure if I said that or not, Um, but the cold brew is very good. Oh, I just realized I lied earlier. Colorado XO is just one. They're five in one now. But uh, yeah, uh, it's good stuff. They have all sorts of different products. Um, Ground beans, whole beans. It is CBD infused coffee. It helps with headaches, uh, joint pains, IBS, so much more. It doesn't cause jitters if you're somebody like me who drinks a few cups a day. Um, Yeah, is there anything else I feel like I should say? Uh, You can also get in K-cups. Here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. So... First of all, you can get 25% off. It's the best deal that they've given us so far. Um, if you use the code DMVR25, you get 25% off your purchase. I'm pretty sure you get free delivery. Um, yeah, they'll deliver it straight to your door. It's super convenient. Um, you should check out the reviews for yourself. Um, on top of that, if you want to commit to one of the products, uh, you like the K-Cups, the ground beans, the whole beans, whatever, um, you can get that delivered to you every two, four, six, or eight weeks. Um, And when you subscribe to get that delivered to you, you receive 20% off every single time. Uh, So again, if you want to give it a run for the first time, use that code DMVR25. If not, subscribe and get it every two, four, six, or eight weeks at a discount, at a 20% discount. Also, Gabby Insurance, if you're interested in saving money, you should check out Gabby insurance. Uh, Gabby stands for Get a Better Insurance, G-A-B-I. Uh, what they do is take your insurance and show it to 40 of the top insurance providers in the United States. There's Progressive Nationwide Travelers, 37 others. I think maybe even more. Um, but basically, they just throw it out there and then all of them say, well, here's what you're paying now we'll actually charge you this much. Um, It saved a lot of us a lot of money. Uh, Eric Weedham, you know him as D-Line, he saved $1,300 a year. Um, Drew, AJ, Lindsay all saved hundreds of dollars on their yearly rates. Actually, the average Gabby customer saves $961 per year. Pretty crazy. Uh, And they'll never sell your info, so there's no annoying spam, no robocalls. It really is a cool company. You get the exact same coverage. It's it's just cheaper. It's really a great deal. There's no reason not to spend like two minutes to check out what you could be saving. So put your policy to the test like we did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check out. There's no obligation. So go to Gabby.com. Remember, that's G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR. That way they know we sent you um, and check it out. Again, gabby.com, gabi.com slash DMVR. All right. Um, who is up next? Wow. Doing those doing those ads just throws me off. Oh, Sam. Of course. Sam. Some good stuff from Sam. Um, first of all, we learned. So I, I think we mentioned this here Curtis Snyder, the SID. So let's see. How much time? Should, how do we explain this? So, uh, we talk a lot about Dave Flatty on this podcast now. Um, he, uh, he's the associate athletic director for sports information. He has like a, a staff kind of underneath him. Um, they each take a couple different sports and they're the media contact for that sport. Uh, Curtis Snyder media contact for football. He's the one who would like typically go grab those guys as they leave practice. Um, or sometimes it'd be like an intern anyway, but, uh, he was diagnosed with cancer. Um, sad stuff. You should definitely check out, uh, there's a bunch of ways that you can help his family. Um, like there's a, I forget what they call it, like a meal train, maybe meal chain or something. Um, I should actually get that info now that I think of it. Um, the problem is on the iPad, I can't pause the recording. So we're kind of stuck at a standstill. Um, it's all over Twitter. <laughs> go to go who has been promoting it. I'm trying to remember. I think, is it Lindsay Liu who started the meal chain? I think so. If you go there, at the very least, she's been retweeting stuff. Lindsay Liu L oh wow. Off of Twitter. Last name L E W. And she's definitely been retweeting at the very least. It's on that page. Uh, but the point is, he 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 has uh cancer, and you may have seen that. Uh the football team brought him a picture of the stadium with the sunset. It was a really cool, really big picture. Um, and they all signed it. We learned from Dave at the start of Sam's thing that uh, Sam spearheaded that whole effort to get that picture, to get everybody to sign it and to give it to Curtis. So first of all, props to Sam for that. Now back to football. Um, he said he feels better. He's getting ready to go back out there. Um, you know recovery is still going he's going to be throwing here soon um, yeah he said that he is trying to kind of take on a coaching role that he feels like that should be his job at this point while he is sidelined um, you know he, he is a vet he said he's been a vet for a couple of years at this point um, he has a lot of experience he wants to help as much as he can do whatever he can do to help those guys because that's important to him Um, you know, kind of talking about the path to this point, you know, we started by saying, you know, two years ago, if you had told me that I'd be sitting here right now, would not have believed you, um, for so many reasons. First of all, there was, you couldn't have had eligibility if not for a pandemic. Um, on top of that, obviously at the time he's playing safety after, you know, kind of washing out of that quarterback room because there were just so many guys who were in front of him. Um, And now to be back there, pretty cool. Um, But then he really talked about how lucky he is just to be there and to have had the experience he had with CU. Um, Talked about the people that he's met, all the things that he's learned, uh, really just trying to be a sponge throughout the entire process. And, uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, He also, you know, mentioned Brendan has done a really good job stepping up, uh, kind of filling a bit of a leadership role, learning how to do that sort of stuff. Um, A really good question from Brian Howell. So Sam had the surgery for his torn labrum after the season. It, you could kind of tell that his shoulder was bothering him. We knew that it was bothering him for most of the season. He, he said that he actually... It, was, it happened during the second quarter of the UCLA game, the first game of the season. And it progressively got worse and worse from there. Again, he said, like, I'm not, like, going to make excuses. I do think that it, it definitely made things a little bit tougher. I was kind of trying to hide it. You could tell, though, my shoulder is, like, two inches above the other shoulder. Um, but um, he did say, you know, don't want to make excuses it really did suck though, basically. And it did keep getting worse and worse and worse. And he like said, like you guys saw those last couple games. Um, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, after that, I asked him, you know, basically like uh, Carl was saying during the season, we want him to slide. We don't want him to karate kick people. Um, Sam though, you know, that wasn't really who he was. So I asked, does going through all this make you maybe reevaluate all that? And he said, yes and no. Um, the next thing he said was, you know, the play where it happened, I was just, I was going down. I was going down to the ground. It's not like it was one where I was laying my shoulder into somebody. It can kind of happen no matter what. And he said, um, that's who I am. I, br- I bring that over from the defensive side of the ball. At the same time, I have to play s- smarter. I-, I have to do a better job of getting down. I need to continue to work on and get better at that. So it'll be interesting to see because <laughs> it's just really tough to imagine Sam not sliding or sliding, not going for contact, not getting every yard he can again. And some of that does come from that background where he was basically told you're not going to be a quarterback at Colorado. What two years ago. So to go through that and then say, yeah, you're the starting quarterback of this football team. And then to lead that team to a bowl game, like that's somebody who he just, he wants it. He wants it. And that's, just kind of comes with the territory um one more answer from sam he said the so he was asked about the tweaks to the offense his thoughts and he said i love it uh Darrell does a good job bringing stuff from the nfl uh Chev, you know all those guys have things that they bring um makes sense to me and he also said you know the big thing it's going to be cleaner um there was limited time last year kind of scrambling to figure out what they're doing and then implement what they're doing now though, with the new tweaks and the new things that we've implemented, they look good so far. So there's some good stuff there. All right. Before we get out of here, we're going to talk about what Darian Hagen had to say. Darian Hagen, quarterback of CU back in the day uh, the national championship team, um, there was like injury and all that stuff. We we aren't retelling the Darian Hagen story, but he's been the running backs coach for a while now at CU, I think. He's got to be the longest tenured position coach. Yeah, cuz he was there before Chev. And Chev would be second. Yeah, so there you go. Um around for a while obviously somebody who you look at as a I mean, maybe on the Mount Rushmore of CU Buffs football I think he'd, he'd probably have to be right I think he'd have to be um point is he's a Ryan backs coach and he said so far the running backs are doing a really really good job uh he said that Alex Fontenot hasn't missed a step uh Broussard is a little banged up and that's frustrating for him frustrating for us too but mostly for him uh Deion Smith looks good he's doing individual drills and he had the the torn ACL last year that forced him to miss the season but according to Darian, looks like the original Dion. He um, also shout out Jaylee Stacks, Joe Davis, because they are doing good things. Um, asked about Alex Fonteno, he said, "For a guy who would have been a thousand yard rusher if not for a concussion from the miss all last year, and see Broussard do what he did, there's a fire in his belly." You love to hear it. That's what you want to hear, especially with Alex Fontenot, you know, like I love Alex. I think that he's a really talented running back and a cool guy. He also, you know, he's he's kind of chill. You know, he he isn't, uh, you know, Nate Landman is an example of the opposite. Visco was also a little bit kind of chill like that, pretty mellow guy. You know, for a running back, I think it's good to get fired up. And I, I personally really like hearing that. Um, on top of that, Darian said he looks fast. Uh, he looks good in protection and the stuff he's doing has opened up coaches' eyes. Um, on J. Lee stacks, uh, he was asked, you know, have you, have you ever had a guy who's similar to that? And he said, there's one Maurice Cantrell, who I'm not going to lie. I know literally nothing about it. I wrote down the name quickly so that I would make sure that I got it down. Right. So I pronounce it right. Don't know Maurice Cantrell. Maybe that means something to you guys, but he said he's similar. There's a difference though. The difference is that Jay Lee is so versatile and well-rounded. Maurice didn't have the the same skills in the passing game. Um, From there, Darian said, he's really, really excited for him. Uh, He's going to get some carries. Won't be a lot, um, but when he runs behind his pads, he's a bruiser and nobody wants to get in his way. From there, um, he's asked like, how much fun is it to have this group? And he said, all of them are eager to prove what they can do. Um, and what you put in is what you get. The, the study habits have gotten way, way better. They, it's kind of like a roll of the dice in my room. Whoever plays the best gets the reps. Uh, he said, they're excited. The team is excited about him. The offensive line is always excited to block for him. And then he ended by saying, you know, I always say slow to fast through, I mean, slow to the hole you know, be patient, watch it develop, don't get over aggressive, fast through the hole, that's when it's time to get on your horse and go, um, but with Ashad, and Alex, and Jarek, those guys are just always fast, love it, <laughs> I just, I again, just, just love to hear that, because they are always fast, and again, to, to hear Alex's speed get up, brought up a couple of times, I think that that's great to hear too, because that was kind of the knock on him. That that was the knock on him was, yeah, you have great contact balance. Even if you get hit in the hole, you're going to find a way to pull three yards out of it. If you get hit three yards downfield, you're going to stumble and stumble and stumble and turn that three into six. But when you hit open field, can you just outrun somebody? And, you know, I, I'm not sure that Alex Fontenot very often does have that breakaway home run speed. And so to hear to hear Darian say he looks fast a couple of times, you know, that's, that's what you want to hear about Alex more than almost anything, except for maybe the fire in the belly thing. I like hearing that. Um, He was asked whether, you know, having this many running backs, is is that kind of a necessity at that point? Or or is this a luxury? And he said, uh, it's a necessity. Uh, Broussard, Actually got down. Oh, and I should check what this number was. I forgot to do that earlier because um, I didn't hear it originally. But he got down to blank, blank, blank pounds, which I think is new information. At least I did not. I I hadn't heard this. Um, and he, he brought up, you know, in the Texas game, he actually fumbled a couple of times. That's not something that he does. And Darien kind of blamed it on the weight. Um, that he, that he lost throughout the season because he was doing so much. They, I mean, they kind of ran him into the ground I and mean, there was almost nobody in the country who was getting the ball more than Jarek Broussard was getting on a game to game basis. Um, Oh, let's see. It says 178 pounds. Let's see if this sounds right. 178 pounds. Yep. That says 178 pounds. That's not a bad transcription. Um, Really, I mean, not that small, honestly, is my thought, because it is Jarek. He's a small guy, um, but you would like that up like 190. Um, Interesting, though, to hear that Jarek lost weight because of all the work that he was doing during the season. I mean, playing football. Um, So, yeah. Um, Asked about Ashad. You remember Ashad had some very heartfelt remarks for us uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, talking about the struggles they went through You know, leaving Louisiana, going to Colorado, leaving his mother and grandmother who he lived with his whole life to live in a dorm with. I wonder who he was rooming with. Um, But uh, through all that, Ashad did say, you know, very lucky to have Darian Hagan. He's become almost a father figure for me. um, That sort of stuff. Uh, Darian today, when asked about uh, Ashad's experience and their relationship, said he's kind of living through his eyes um, because darian he's from la and when he first got to boulder he was homesick and and he didn't know the playbook and the food was different and the people were different and all that stuff really weighed on him and made it really hard um he said that you know he thought about transferring um and they talked about oh i think it was gary barnett was the coach um he said uh basically like told him coaching him with kid gloves you know (laughs) he has a lot going on he doesn't need me screaming at him all day you gotta find ways to 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 focus on the positives instead of just what needs to be fixed and that's that's what darian said he does with a shot and that's something that he learned um and then said you know we're happy with where he is and the progress he's made and all that kind of stuff um good stuff though and that was it And that means this is it for this podcast. Uh, I'll be back, like I said, tomorrow. And tomorrow, we'll be talking about the spring game on Friday. Uh, What are the big storylines? And I'm about to... Well, first, I'm going to write something about... Ooh, what? I don't know what I'm going to write about. If it was Nate, we would write about Nate. Sam, was there enough there? Eh, Maybe. Probably Sam. I think we're going to be writing about Sam tonight. If you're a DMVR member, check it out at thedmvr.com tonight. Uh, tomorrow though. Wow. What? Oh, this is what we're talking about. After I get done with that, it's going to be time to start thinking about what to watch for tomorrow. Um, there's a lot of options, the quarterbacks, the running backs, Jared Christian Lichtenhan, um, the receivers, the defensive line. And I mean, there's just, I mean, every, every position is interesting. So, uh, you guys can look forward to that and I will see you then.